Hi, I'm Annette Rue, and this is Ruminate on That. Hi, friends. Here we are again, and I'm excited to jump back into our discussion about the Sabbath. Just a quick recap. I tried to cover some history, some context for you in kind of framing what the Sabbath was historically and why we should be looking at it again. I hope that that came through. We, we went through Exodus 20, where it originally came from. We talked about how countercultural it really was when God unveiled the concept of the Sabbath and that Sabbath actually, we looked at it as, as resistance. It was almost a form of resistance against the systems of the world at that time, but we very much see the same problem today. God rejected insatiable productivity and, and the view of people as commodities. That is not okay with God. That is not how he sees how he sees human beings. They are to be valued individually. And also took some time to think about the current rhythm of your life. I hope you were able to do that and, and actually kind of assess, get a realistic picture and evaluate who is actually setting the pace of the rhythm of life that I've, that I've been living. So today I'm excited to dive back in and I have to admit to you that it is difficult for me to contain all of these things in some kind of orderly way (laughs) because uh, literally when I say to you that the last year of my life I've been learning this in the series where you if you were with us and followed the series and talked about spiritual whiplash and about that recovery process all through that season one of the primary threads that God was using in my healing and I did refer to it was this concept of resting and of stopping and slowing down. And Sabbath is literally a practice that's something that I've learned all of my life. I was blessed to have parents who did teach me the basics of that principle and something that we practiced as a family in certain ways. But God has taken it to a whole nother level for me. And I'm going to do my best to try to share some of the incredible things that he's taught me and the ways that it has impacted my life and it's still impacting my life. I'm not going to try to be super spiritual in what I'm talking about, yet I have to tell you that it is deeply spiritual. It, it touches every facet of my life. It touches creativity and emotional health, touches mental wellness. It touches my physical being, um, friendships, my family, the pace of my home. All of those things are impacted by this principle. And to try to summarize it is, is very challenging. So I humbly am going to offer what I hope are some of the, maybe a capstone of what this is. And I'm still learning so much as time goes on. So essentially, I want to share with you three practices of Sabbath for me. And when I say practices of Sabbath, these are concepts that I know I need to practice in my Sabbath time, but how they look can be done differently. Like the practical ways they're they're practiced can be different. The first practice is practicing presence. God said that the Sabbath rest is to be holy and it was to be dedicated to him. And so for me, that means that Sabbath is centered around the presence of God in my life and how I'm practicing the presence of God, 
that kind of sounds strange. If, if that's not something that is familiar to you, that might sound odd. How do you practice someone's presence? But I think essentially it's just to routinely go back and revisit and sit with it and be in the presence of this person. Learning to just be with God. This is all about the relationship that we have with him. I believe if you are a Christ follower, that you have a personal relationship that you are constantly growing and developing. Just like every relationship that we have, it cannot remain stagnant. It can't be, it doesn't get to a point where it's just static and you just maintain. That you'll never be able to maintain. It will begin to deteriorate if it's not growing, it's dying. And the relationship with God is the same. And practicing his presence is something very crucial to my Sabbath. I think that it's something that's a really key part for every person to understand and to figure out what does that look like for me? The challenge is that he's invisible, right? And he doesn't have a physical body. And so that can be challenging to understand how do I practice this presence? I know how to practice the presence of my husband and to spend time. I know how to practice the presence of my family and being around my family. I just have to schedule time with them and we do it. But when this this amazing being that is supernatural and he's so mysterious and he's also invisible to me, how do I do that? I'm going to come back around and give you a very practical answer, but let me talk about a couple things that are maybe not so practical, maybe deeper things. Solitude is one of the ways that I think we practice the presence of God. I think it's difficult to really understand a deep connection to God's presence if you only do it when others are there. So we gather in worship, places of worship all over the the world, you know, in different forms and in different size groups of people. We gather and we experience the presence of God there. And it's really amazing. Like being together corporately is a really important part of worship and practice and part of community in the people of God. But, but there's something very special about finding a place of solitude and, and being and acknowledging the presence of God and inviting him to be working in your life. Richard Foster said, in, in experiences of solitude, we gently press into the Holy of Holies where we are sifted in the stillness. There's something that happens when we're alone and complete solitude with the Lord in the presence of God. There are things that he can accomplish in that place that I don't think we have the awareness or, or the, the internal quiet to actually allow to happen when we're in groups of people. I'm not saying that similar things don't happen. God works in amazing ways when we're together as well. But there's something very unique about a place of solitude. Here's something that I've realized about myself, and and maybe you can relate. I am not always very good at deep rest, the kind where you can get all the way quiet in your mind and your spirit, where you can release control of all the stuff that you're normally focusing on or daydreaming about or wondering about. And you remember, you just acknowledge God has it covered. He's got all of that covered. Uh, It is difficult for me to get to that place of deep rest. I know how to do all the typical rest day stuff, all the day off stuff. I know how to do that. Sleeping in, taking some time to hang with friends, doing something fun that's refreshing to me, that's rejuvenating. Uh, I'm great at those things. I, I've learned to enjoy those things. I've learned to shut all the other stuff off and, and do that. But I can't just do all those things and call it a Sabbath. If I'm honest with myself, that that's really just taking a day off. 
We all need those too, right? But it's not the same as taking a day and taking a portion of time from that day to turn to solitude, practice the presence of God, and allow him to just do whatever he thinks need to be done. So what happens is when I neglect practicing the presence of God, all the other days, they start to pile up on me and it becomes, I get almost, almost get backed up and it becomes even more difficult to find a place of rest. When I'm regularly, weekly practicing that time of rest, it's not so difficult to get there. And it's amazing because over the course of the year, I've probably only missed one, maybe two Sabbath days that because of schedule, I wasn't able to do. And so now there's this really cool ability that I've developed that I can get into that place of quiet and solitude and reflection. And I can get there faster because now it's become a a common practice. It's become a weekly part of my rhythm. And so it's like my mind knows how to get there, my spirit, my emotions, my body. It's, it's the coolest thing that the habit has started to be developed in my life. So here's a practical thing though about practicing the presence of God. This is just what it looks like for me. And I should probably have said that up top. All of these things uh, are examples. These are things that have been effective for me, but they're not the only way. I think that there are some things that you can start. I think one of the ways that we learn best is to imitate others and we try those things. But then as we grow and mature and we go deeper and go farther, you're going to find other things that also work for you. So let this just be kind of a suggestion box for you to try some things and see what fits, see what connects for you because we're all wired differently. So a practical thing about when it comes to practicing the presence of God for me on the Sabbath is that in the morning when I wake up, I turn my attention directly to him right away. So not to social media. I'm not hopping online and doing all that stuff. I'm turning my my heart toward him immediately in the morning and acknowledging the presence of God. And I'm like, cool, it's my Sabbath. This is the time to hang out with God. And in the morning, whenever I wake up, whenever that happens, it happens. Sometimes it's 6 a.m. and I'm not super happy about that. Other times it's 830. I'm thrilled. I feel like, wow, it's like being a teenager again. I'm sleeping in. So whatever time that is, wake up, I acknowledge the presence of God. For me, a lot of times that's like I'll turn on my Bible app and I'll listen to a couple Psalms and I will um, maybe listen to my reading plan that day. I love to listen to my reading plan. I do read also, usually later in the day, but I love in the morning listening and just allowing the word of God to kind of wash over me. And so I'll start my day like that. And then it turns to what basically for me, I set aside the whole morning. It's just for me and Jesus. And my family knows it. Friends know it, that I'm going to probably be kind of locked up in my room or maybe I'll go sit in the backyard with a cup of coffee, go for a walk. But I'm really spending time in solitude. I'm not turning on stuff. I might have some worship music, but I'm really keeping all of that stuff locked out. It's pretty unplugged from all of the other things that I would normally interact with. That's what it looks like for practicing the presence of God. And he does all kinds of things in that space. And and every day is a little bit different. I journal sometimes in that space. Sometimes I literally just sit in front of my window with a cup of coffee and I'm just enjoying. I'm looking outside and I'm just in awe of the nature of God. And learning to become still like that for several hours was so difficult for me. It's taken a long time. It's taken months of practice. And now it's something I look forward to. I can't wait to be in that place. 
That's practicing the presence of God. The next essential practice for me on Sabbath is practicing peace. That might not sound like, how do you practice peace? And maybe it's a little out there in in calling it that, but for me, that's really what it's about. What I recognize is that it's so easy in the normal course of life to get wound up and get excited and get moving about things. I'm especially now and I'm studying, I have assignments I'm always thinking about and preparing for. And I love that practice. It's it's I love all of those things. It's stimulating. I feel like I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm changing, and I love it. But when I come to my Sabbath and all of that needs to stop, it was difficult for me at first to really get to a place of peace with that. I would be worrying like, I have a huge paper to do. Uh, you know, I hope I can get it done. And I'm not For me on my Sabbath, I don't do any homework on that day. I don't do any housework on that day. I don't do any work work, like whatever it is that I'm, you know, paid to do. I don't do any of that on my Sabbath. Fortunately, the church that I am serving at, that is a value for our whole staff is that our day is Fridays and that's our Sabbath and there is no work to be done that day. So I'm really blessed in that way. But for me, God has extended it to Annette in order to practice peace. And for me, peace is not, that's part of not being productive, not being productive in a way that is obviously I'm being emotionally and spiritually productive because God's doing that, but I'm not setting out to like, I'm not reading any leadership books on that day. The only things that I'm consuming when it comes to reading is like God's word or things that just are soul care kind of things, things that are good for my soul, for, for my personhood, which is another thing we're going to talk about. So getting to that place of peace can be challenging. And there are certain things that God has called me to set aside. I'm not saying that's for everyone. You're going to have to deal with that between you and the Lord. But for me to be in an attitude of peace, in a mindset of peace, and to embrace that, um, I have to set some of those activities aside. Restlessness and restfulness cannot exist together. Restfulness and restlessness cannot exist together. That can't happen. So if I'm restless and I'm wondering about this thing or thinking about that thing or, oh, I got to plan this thing, I'm not going to get to a place of being restful. Here's a question that I found myself thinking about. When you get very, very still, what do you hunger for? When you're in that quiet place, and there's nothing to do. Where does your mind drift to? What, what do you think about doing? That was really profound for me. And it's so interesting because my answer now is very different than it would have been a year ago. The things that my mind drifts to in that really still place. I think that that for me, to do that on somewhat a regular basis, to kind of do a check-in with myself periodically. Okay, what do I, what do I start hungering for when I get really still? That's showing me Am I in a place of peace? Am I actually in the presence of God as I'm here in this place? Am I actually releasing control of all those things? Or am I still hungering? Am I desiring to know what's going to happen? I'm waiting right now for like a transition season. What's going to happen? Is that where my mind always goes? What am I hungering for? Ultimately, that is hungering for control. That's hungering for, I want to know this answer. It's hungering for... I want resolve to this relationship struggle that I'm having and it's not in my control. You know what I'm saying? It, it kind of gives us an, 
uh, an accurate perspective so we can look at ourselves and go, wow, that, that's what I'm striving after right now. And then I have to take it back to, do I actually trust him with it? If I'm, if I'm able to walk in peace, it's because I know that God is in control. When we talked about Sabbath as resistance, I thought there was something really interesting in that book uh, that the author said. He said, creation is to be enacted and embraced without defining anxiety. Divine rest serves to dismantle the endless restlessness sanctioned by the ancient gods of that day. And I would say sanctioned by the gods of this day, the gods of success and money and fame and wealth. Creation was designed to not induce anxiety. God wanted us to create as a place of joy, as a place of productivity and purpose. But so often now, that place of producing brings us a lot of anxiety and restlessness, and we start striving to have more bricks. So when I'm practicing peace, I'm reminding myself many times, I'm just reminding myself that I can only do what God is calling me to do. That's what's going to bring me fulfillment. That's what's going to bring me peace. And I have to know that I'm doing it in his strength, by his sovereignty, according to his will, because that's what I've given my life to. And that brings me to a place of peace. In Matthew 11, Jesus said this, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Essentially, get in life, come and do life with me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Even in the choice of words there, gentle, lowly in heart. That's not striving. That's not like I'm important. I'm trying to be somebody. I'm trying to be seen. In this place, I am gentle. I'm lowly in heart. My yoke is easy. My burden's light. Come and do life with me. And I think the essence of the Sabbath is come and be with me. Experience my peace release control. The third essential practice for me when it comes to Sabbath is personhood. This is soul care, which I had no clue what soul care was before the last year. If I'm honest, if I'm totally honest now, I had no idea what that meant, especially for me. I don't know that I could have described it to anyone. Sabbath rest is enjoying the personhood of God. This was a huge aha for me. During Sabbath is when I actually connect with the person of God. I'm not doing something for him. I'm not teaching about him. I'm not creating or strategizing so others will know him. I'm not memorizing. I'm not trying to be a better Christian. I'm not striving to be a better leader on Sabbath. I am just being with God, practicing presence, right? I'm just hanging out with him so that I can experience him as a person. Again, he's invisible. That feels like, can we even do that? But here's the thing, our deepest hunger, when you sit in that place of stillness, and I was saying, you ask yourself, what do I really hunger in this place? At the core of all of it is that there is a drive, a desire inside of us that is actually spiritual in nature. 
It is innately supernatural. It's something that we desire that we cannot ever attain ourselves. It's something people have called it, which is such an oversimplified term, but it does make sense, the God-shaped hole, right? There's this divine vacuum that has been wired inside of us. And that is the place where our soul needs to be fed. I've heard it called uh, in the American culture, I've heard it called we, we walk around with a famished soul. It's so true. That was me, honestly. I knew how to feed my spiritual life. I knew how to pursue connection with God in a spiritual way. I understood basically self-awareness and having healthy emotional balance and mental stability and mental health. But I never, I underestimated what was happening with my soul, the soul, that, that place where the mind, the will, and the emotions, the things that make me, me, my personhood, I didn't know how to care for it. And in practicing the Sabbath, my personhood comes alive because I'm connecting with the person of God. Learning to connect with God with no, I'm not coming with my hands out. I'm not coming with requests. I'm just like, God, I just want to be here. I want to be in your presence. If you have something to say, that's awesome. If you have something that you want to, a way that you want to make me feel loved, make me, make me dream in a whole new way. Like whatever God wants to do is fine. But me just being with him and understanding he is near to me. He's close to me, whether I feel it or whether I don't. It's just in his nature to dwell with his people. He loves us and wants to be with us. And he wants us to know him. He wants to be known. Trying to define connecting to the personhood of God is hard. I don't think that I'm doing the greatest job of it. But it's almost like, how do I define the personhood of my son? I can tell you his personality and what he's like, what it's like to be around him. I can tell you things that he's talented in doing. I can tell you the things that he desires and some of the dreams that he has. But I, that, doesn't, that doesn't define his personhood, the essence of who he is. The only way that I experience that is by just being with him, just spending time with him. And the same is true for God. You just get in this place with some time with solitude, you're coming even with a famished soul. But when you just come and you say, God, I just want to be with you. He reveals more about who you are through his personhood. When I experience his personhood, it gives me clarity on my own. It's the truest form of soul care. And it's crazy because it's not this active process. There's no striving about it. It's literally just like getting into a room and being radiated with who he is. Just like when cancer cells are attacking a body, the closer you are to the source of radiation, the more those cells are eradicated. And I feel like when we are in the radiating presence of God and we just sit there in it, it just begins to change us internally. It's amazing. These waves of that radiating, his radiating personhood, the, the power of healing starts 
working in my life. I haven't even asked for it. He begins to restore things that I that that I thought were dead, dreams that I thought were forgotten. He restores places of my heart that just had grown cold and I just haven't revisited. He brings this awareness of my own emotions. He brings awareness to recently he's been teaching me things about my childhood and some ways that I was formed in childhood. I had no idea. And now more of my personhood makes even more sense. And it was just from sitting in the presence and and just being with the personhood, practicing the personhood of God. It brings wholeness to the very depths of my being. And it's not something, there's no formula. There's no steps to follow to connect to the personhood of God. You just get alone, practice peace, practice the presence of being with him and just wait and allow him to reveal his personhood to you. As I close up this section, I remind us that God said that we are holy because he is holy. I can't achieve holiness through my behavior. It's not something that I'm going to just figure out and eventually I'm, I'm going to be really good at holiness. It's literally just this radiating thing that the more the closer I am to him, the, clo- the more time I spend with him, I'm holy because he's holy and I'm holy because Jesus did all the important work that had to be done on the cross. He atoned for everything that I couldn't And Sabbath is about celebrating that and acknowledging that. I have never, ever regretted taking my Sabbath day, but I have definitely regretted skipping out on it. As you take some time to evaluate and and think about what does it look like for you if you were to take some time and set it aside and, and your goal would be to practice the presence of God, to practice peace and to practice his personhood in healing you and practice being in that place of soul care, what does that look like for you? Do you know where to begin? And I would challenge you to start to experiment, start to find a place. Where is a place that I can be alone? Where can I cut out all of the other stuff And just ask God, reveal yourself, reveal your personhood to me in a new way. In this place where I'm meeting with you, in this Sabbath place, God, make me holy as you are holy. Just begin somewhere. Just begin to give him opportunity to teach you what the Sabbath can feel like, what the experience can be like, and start some of these practices. I'm excited to hear what God will do and how he will minister to you through this Sabbath space.